Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Welcome one, welcome all to NCAA Tournament edition of FizzCast here at Orange Fizz alongside Ian Unsworth. My name is John Eads and we are back once again bringing you guys a preview here. Syracuse and San Diego State in the 6 versus 11 seed matchup. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Orange Fizz and check us out online at orangefizz.net. Some exciting news before we get going here. Orange Fizz got one of just five non-school media credentials to be at the tournament. So two of our staff members, Gil Gross and Matt Bonaparte, are at Indianapolis right now. And they'll be covering anything and everything for Syracuse here in the NCAA tournament and in the bubble. So super exciting. But back here in Syracuse, New York, Ian and I sitting in our dorm, as always, getting ready to bring you guys yet another preview. So Ian, let's talk Aztecs. Well, John, I think this all started last Sunday when we sat here live on Twitter, uh, on the Orange Fizz Twitter actually, and jumped around for joy and made a, made a big old fuss when Syracuse finally was put in the NCAA tournament bracket. We were worried when Utah State got in, we were worried when Wichita State got in, but you're right. It's amazing that they avoided the first four games and now are slotted in this matchup where it seems like it could go either way. And if you listen to any of Jim Beheim's pressers, he was nothing but just super... Uh, he, he had a lot of high praise for this San Diego State team. They return a lot of guys from last year's team that probably would have been a one seed, two seed at worst. They won 30, win 30 wins last year, got a couple of those big contributors back, and their depth is just unbelievable. So Coach Beheim says, you know, they are a six seed, but even this year, they could even be a two or a three seed, which is just spectacular for a Mountain West team. They're really solid on both ends of the floor. And before we get into these stats, we've talked about this before. Let's remember teams that don't play in Power Five conferences, such as San Diego State, we had a whole discussion about the Mountain West on our tournament, our sort of bubble fizz cast when we were like, oh my gosh, just everybody was worried. Was Syracuse going to get in the tournament? We talked about Boise State, Colorado State, Utah State, ad nauseum. And we talked about all their resume, their stats, but we, we had to slow ourselves down because when you look at these teams that don't exactly play great competition, I mean, honestly, San Diego State's best win of the year, I guess, in terms of Ken Palm, besides Utah State, was against UCLA. And that was their first game of the season. They lost to 20 in the Ken Palm rankings. BYU's 24th. They lost by 10. So... You know, San Diego State wasn't exactly playing a, a gauntlet of schedule. But a couple tournament teams, nonetheless, Utah State in there. They looked solid. They gave San Diego State a run for their money in the Mountain West Conference uh, Championship game, which I did watch, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But, yeah, you I mean, you talk about their resume. They're 18th in the net. Uh, they had 12-2 record at home, 7-1 in quad two, 8-0. Actually, 14-0, we'll say. We'll keep it easy. 14-0 between quads three and four. A lot of those games, obviously. 1-3 in quad one. And Syracuse, on the other hand, played a lot of quad one games. They didn't win any, but like Coach Beheim said on ACC Network, they also didn't have any opportunities to win one at home. They had a lot of tough draws, and we also have to keep in mind they never played Florida State. They had two opportunities to gather those quad one wins against Louisville, nixed because of positive COVID cases. So really, things just haven't swung the orange's way in terms of scheduling. And they, they played good teams well. Let's be honest, they, 
They fought Rutgers tooth and nail. They beat North Carolina. They beat Clemson. Both of those games at home, so that just takes away, it seems like, any value in terms of the whole net ranking system. But those are good teams. They're both NCAA tournament teams. Right, right. And I think those games are what really got Syracuse into the tournament. If they don't beat North Carolina and Clemson and then play well in the tournament as well in front of the committee, who I'm sure was watching, you know, that eye test and everything, I don't think we're talking about a Syracuse-San Diego State basketball game right now. So, for me, I'm good. Let's ride. Let's talk San Diego State. Throw everything else out the window. New season begins now. And, Ian, this is when Syracuse is at their best. It's the good old survive in advance uh, slogan that Jimmy V brought up way, way back in the 70s and 80s. And now Syracuse is rocking with it today. And you have to be somewhat excited if you're a Syracuse fan. Not because of anything going on on the orange side, but because in a press conference earlier this week, San Diego State head coach Brian Dutcher former Michigan assistant under Steve Fisher, who then went out to San Diego and now runs the Aztecs program. Well, Steve Fisher ran it, now Brian Dutcher's running it. Jim Beheim said in his press conference today, actually, that he's great friends with Steve Fisher and Brian Dutcher. Remember that last game against San Diego State, the only game against San Diego State in Syracuse program history, was on an aircraft carrier. <laughs> in 2012, the Aztecs and Orange faced off on a ship. And Syracuse won, but Beheim said the win was unbearable. It was super hard to score. But regardless, there are some connections between the coaching staffs of the San Diego State team and the Syracuse team. But to my overall point, Brian Dutcher said San Diego State maybe plays one zone team a year. Yeah. So that is what people here in the 315 have been getting a little excited about, that the Aztecs just might not be ready for the 2-3 zone. Well, you talk about Syracuse's defense. Theirs is good as well. But, like, yeah, like you said, and this is kind of with every every time Syracuse gets into the NCAA tournament, they're good against everybody. The problem is when they run into ACC teams because those teams, the Dukes, the North Carolinas, especially in recent history, figured out how to beat the zone in the regular season, and they have coaches that have seen Coach Beheim's zone for years and years. But these other teams like, you know, San Diego State and TCU and Michigan State, they're not accustomed to playing against the zone all the time. And you couple that with little time to prepare between these tournament games, there's a problem. But the difference between this game is it's a first-round matchup. San Diego State is going to have upwards of a week to get ready for this thing, and they got some good shooters anyways that can beat it. So you got to think, maybe being in the first four could have been an advantage for Syracuse because that's less time for San Diego State to prepare. But you mentioned sure. their three-point shooting. They're good. They're 28th in the nation in three-point percentage at just 37.5%, round that up to 38. Uh, they have multiple dudes that can chuck it from behind the arc, and it goes from guard, guard to forward. They're all confident shooters. I mean, they shoot a decent amount of threes. Probably almost 40% of their field goal attempts come from behind the arc. So that's a substantial number, and I'd certainly expect to see that tick up a little bit against the zone. Yeah, and they're going to need to make those shots, too, yes. if they want to beat Syracuse, of course. But the headliner for this group, Jordan Shackle, number three in the country in field goal percentage. He's made 78 this season, if I'm not mistaken, 47% uh, stroker. And when I watched him play, it seemed like... He was better with the shots he shouldn't make. Like, he missed the wide-open shots. The shots where he had time to kind of catch and shoot. I'm talking about this conference championship game they played against Utah State. Of course, a man-to-man -man defense. He's kind of like Buddy Beheim. Now, Beheim can make those those shots that, you know, you don't, you don't 
typically, like, you know, one dribble, shoot, you know, uh, turn around, shoot, uh, you know, just kind of not the wide open three look. Shackle is kind of the same way. He's not afraid to take that big shot. You know, we watched a lot of Dwayne Washington. He's an Ohio State guard. He kind of plays like him. He's not afraid to hit that step back three, shoot that step back three, because he thinks he can make it. And the way he shoots the ball, he makes one out of every two threes he takes. So yeah, when you're shooting 47% from behind the arc, no one's going to stop you. Right. He's, he's got that Alan Griffin mindset. He, he's, he's built like Buddy Bayheim, but he's got the Alan Griffin mindset of, I got the ball, I'm going to shoot it. It's one, of, it's one of those things. However, a lot of shackle shots are going in, and he's he's a very good scorer, but I wouldn't say he's the main guy necessarily because they have a lot of different dudes that can get it done. I think that's what makes this San Diego State team so dangerous. Yeah, They're versatile. Yeah. They can give it to shackle on the perimeter. They can also give it to Trey Pulliam, who's a great isolation scorer. A lot of their offense against man-to-man comes in the pick-and-roll. That's yeah. something you can't really do against the zone. So that's going to wipe out a lot of San Diego State's offensive scheme. And I think it's really going to affect Pulliam's game. Because he's best when he's getting aggressive off that pick and roll, either pulling up from behind the arc or getting to the basket. He only averages 7.5 points per game, but he's really aggressive. And that aggression gets him going on the offensive end. I was thinking the same thing. I saw a lot of pick and roll. I saw a lot of dribble drive. But a lot of that stuff... You just don't run against the zone because it just doesn't work, you know? You can't. I mean, unless Joe Girard's playing Matador up for, up, up at the top, you, you can't run that. One thing I will say, though, and this goes back to Shackle and the threes, he does like to shoot the ball from the right side of the floor. He shoots it very well from the right side of the floor. The wing, all, the all corner. Have their spots. That's right. The right wing every single time in transition. Same kind of thing. My point here is... Syracuse needs to have the length on his side, and I checked. Against UVA, there were times where Gerard was on that right side, but more often than not, it was Buddy. So that's good. Whenever Kadari Richmond comes into the game, you got to put him on that side. You need all the length covering that right side wing because that's where this guy likes to shoot the ball from, and he shoots the ball well from. That's a really good point. Not something I really think of, but definitely something you can insert in your game plan and make a note of emphasis in practice. Yeah. The scary thing is, though, the guards that we've talked about probably aren't even San Diego State's best player, if we're talking about numbers. Matt Mitchell's their best player, and this dude is a 6'7 forward that can absolutely do it all. Like, this guy, he plays big for 6'6", 6'7". He gets down and dirty, goes inside, and will bang with you. But he can also handle the ball in transition. That's the most impressive thing I saw when watching San Diego State play. I watched their game against Boise State. They jumped out to a 13-2 lead in the first five minutes, partially because no one on the Boise State Bronco team wanted to get back in transition to stop Matt Mitchell. This dude only averages five and a half rebounds a game, but he grabs it and takes off like a shot. He's a one-man fast break. And that sort of explosiveness, he went, he went down the floor all the way and then finished with a Euro step. Like, that's the kind of stuff, that's just pure talent. Yeah. And when if the zone isn't getting set up, Matt Mitchell's going to beat him in the fast break. And that's how teams will like to beat the zone. I was watching Gonzaga-Syracuse from that run the Orange had all the way to the Final Four where they lost to uh, North Carolina. Gonzaga, early on in the game, they were scoring their points in transition. They weren't letting the zone set up. They weren't giving it time and then having to beat it in the half court. So I'm sure San Diego State's going to be looking to push the pace as well. What I gathered from Mitchell, just one more point on him, 
He's got a nice pull-up jumper. I'm not sure how effective that's going to be against the zone. Maybe perhaps in the soft spot in the yeah, middle. Um, but he's got a pretty good uh, pull-up jumper, so you got to be aware of that. Yeah, Mitchell's really a compete, uh, uh, complete complete player, yeah. I would say. And their big guys, Nathan Mensa, um, he's pretty impressive. Sorry. We saw him go head-to-head with a uh, Nemias Kata, Kata of Utah State, who is probably Utah State's best player far and away. And Mensa held his own. He's big. He's bigger than Marek Dolajai. I'm sure Jesse Edwards and Mensa will battle inside, but how much time will Edwards play that's a, in the that's NCAA good tournament that's good is question. really the big question. I don't know. I feel like a lot of it comes down to trust now. Like, we know he looked good against North Carolina, but especially against San Diego State, I'm not going to lie. I don't think Syracuse needs Edwards to play. Now, if you want to put him in in case there's foul trouble, so be it. But this isn't a very big San Diego State team. We saw Edwards come in because the Orange had an obvious lack of size down low, and they really struggled on the boards. I don't think that's going to be the case against San Diego State. And they really need to have skilled offensive players in. That's another thing. Jesse Edwards... Has, I'm sorry to say it, he has zero post presence. He's not much of an offensive asset aside from rebounding and putting the ball up, maybe getting to the free throw line. Syracuse needs Dolajai and Garrier on the floor for as much of this game as possible. I think Garrier could win that matchup against Matt Mitchell on the offensive end. And I also think Dolajai could do some things to Mensa outside that he doesn't necessarily see from the normal post player. Like, Mensa's not used to having someone pull up from 18 feet and hit a jumper over his face like we saw Dolajai do against Virginia. So that's a really interesting aspect. One other thing that brings me a bit more confidence about this matchup is San Diego State isn't ridiculous on the boards, right? They, yeah. they get 35, 36 rebounds a game on average, but that's not a North Carolina number. No, yeah. And that's, that's the thing that I was really worried about with Syracuse coming into the tournament is if you face a super big team, you're in trouble. San Diego State is not that. And even then, I did a super deep dive into kind of how teams have beaten the zone in the NCAA tournament, and aside from the from the ACC teams, like the ones you'd expect, it doesn't really matter if Syracuse gets out-rebounded. What matters is if teams do a couple different things well. If they can get to the free-throw line 20 times a game. If they can, you know, uh, win the rebounding battle, win the rebounding battle, but it's not that by itself. Like I said, get to the free-throw line, get the rebounds. You got to shoot the ball well from three. You got to shoot above 35 40% from three. So if San Diego State can do all three of those things well, like Michigan did in the 2013 Final Four, which is why they won the game, it'll give them a good chance. But even then, in some in some instances where the zone has failed, the offense hasn't picked up its slack either. So, you know, we talk a lot about this San Diego State offense. Their defense might be even better. Their defense is really, really good. It's eighth best in the nation in points allowed, 60 and a half per game. And, John, watching them, it's sort of like that Virginia-style pack line defense. The guards really pressure the ball, and they funnel you towards help. So the best way to beat the pack line is to drive and kick. And I'm worried about Syracuse. I'm not going to lie. I'm very worried about Syracuse on the offensive end because one thing that Buddy and Joe both struggle with is guards that are aggressive defensively, like Jose Alvarado, for example. Georgia Tech really turned Syracuse over in the second half, and... I think San Diego State's going to look to do the same thing. There's no time for Buddy to like back back a guy down in the middle of the post. He's going to get double teamed. He's going to get swept. If Syracuse is going to win on the offensive end, they need to drive and kick. This San Diego State team reminds me so much of Clemson. Not offensively, because offensively Clemson is just inept beyond measure. But oh, defensively, defensively, 
Both teams are very sticky. They're up in your grill. They like to double team. They like to force turnovers. So Syracuse needs to insert whatever the game plan was in that second Clemson game. Do the things they did well in that game. I think that's how you're going to win this game against the Aztecs. And like you said, I think the best opportunities here in this game are going to be driving and kicking, drawing double teams, getting it out on the perimeter. And if Syracuse is going to win this game, they got to shoot the ball well from three. So I think Robert Braswell is going to play a big role in this game. He's going to play a big role. Now, if he plays well, he could be the reason why the Orange win. Yeah, he, Bobby Braz looked really good in the ACC tournament. He's coming on strong. He's really coming on strong. Against Clemson, you mentioned the game plan. It was like, get the ball to Buddy Beheim and get out of the way. That'll work. So, Buddy needs to be hot. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to give Syracuse 30 like he was in the ACC tournament, but it's got to be at least 20, and you have to get decent production from the rest of the guys, but... Mainly, Buddy Beheim has to keep that consistency going that he found near the end of the season, near the ACC tournament. He can't go 8 for 24. He needs to put up numbers. And maybe it's this sort of GMAC evolution that we've seen in, from the past, but this is the kind of thing where some players just lock in when it comes to tournament time. Some players find that extra gear and they lock in. I think we're seeing it from Buddy Beheim. But we need to keep seeing it because if Syracuse wants to get past San Diego State, they have to, have to, have to get the ball to Buddy Bayheim, and he has to put up numbers. Couldn't agree more, and he needs to be a weapon in fast break, I would say, too. A couple more notes I want to talk about defensively. I said they remind me of Clemson, and if you didn't believe me before, I guess, you know, hopefully you do now. They have 10 different players that play at least 12 minutes, so they like to rotate those fresh bodies in and out. Now, Offensively, we already talked about that. They only have two scores in double figures. So really, this is a by-committee approach. They have one guy who comes off the bench, Lamont Butler. He's their sixth man. He's a freshman. He's very good. So they kind of play the same way. They like to, you know, be aggressive, up in your grill defensively, high fast-paced, you know, high-tempo offensively, and they like to rotate those bodies in and out. And the other thing I wanted to touch on as well, we mentioned Nathan Mensa. He's 6'10", 230, but there's really not a a lot of other size on this team. The rest of their starters, left to right, right to left, 6-6, 6-6, 6-3, was telling you about this. I think this uh, the point guard, Polium, I believe it is, 5-8, I think that's an opportunity or a spot. Uh, um, Terrell Gomez is Gomez. point guard. He's 5'8", Polium 6-3. Gotcha. So, yeah, so Gomez, I think, is a mismatch, not for Joe Girard, but I think for Kadari Richmond off yeah. the bench. Yeah, they might, they might have to do some sort of rotations if Gomez is in the game with Kadari because that's going to be a real problem because Kadari, A, doesn't really turn the ball over when he's just got it on the handle, and he can take anybody to the basket, especially someone who's, what, seven inches shorter? So that, that is something Syracuse needs to look to explore. And then one other thing, uh, Gil Gross, who's in, in Indianapolis, like I said, this, you know, it's where John eats here on the FizzCast, of course. He w did kind of a deep dive through Kempom and found one statistical red area on Ken Palm. And I believe it was, correct me if I'm wrong, opponent's three-point percentage? Actually, it was opponent's free throw percentage. Well, that was one. I think there was one other one. The red area. Opponents against San Diego State are shooting 33% from behind the arc. That's, uh, that's what it was, which isn't even that you It's know, 126th bad. in the nation, yeah. so it's not terrible, but it's still not anywhere close to the rest of their defense. But they are getting to the free throw line a lot. Is but that what they're saying? doesn't really get to the free throw that's right. line. That's right. That's right. We're being completely honest. So I think this is one that kind of just gets nullified. Okay. Yeah. So just throw that out the door. Uh, Ian, any other points on San Diego State, either side of the floor? 
think right. it's about time for score predictions, yeah. So let's let's throw Ken Palm a bone here first. And folks, um, this is a really neat feature. Shout out to Tyler Rocky for giving us his uh, Ken Palm membership. Um, oh yeah, we love you, Tyler. <laughs> they're giving us predicted scores for each March Madness game. Super cool, and then of course all those statistical things that go with that. For the Syracuse San Diego State game, Ken Palm has the Orange losing seventy-one to sixty-eight in just an absolute battle. I think it's number three on thir- uh, Friday night's uh, thrill chart, which means most exciting games, most you know games that could go either way. What do you think about that? Syracuse losing, <laughs> right? Absolutely hate to see it, but I have to go with Ken Palm on this, John. It's going to be a really close game. But I'm not sure if Syracuse can produce enough offensively against a really stingy defense. It's that ball pressure that I'm going to keep coming back to. Syracuse needs to be able to drive the ball, and I just haven't seen enough from them this year. Buddy Beheim's done it at times, but Joe can't do it at all. Alan Griffin doesn't want to drive, and Kadari, he hasn't really played enough, and I don't know how healthy he's going to be coming off that leg injury that he was really struggling with throughout the tournament. So, I, I hate to say it, but I think Syracuse might get bounced in the first round. It's going to be around this scoreline, though. I'm, I'm thinking maybe a little bit lower scoring, 69-66. to 66. Okay. Whew. All right, I'm going to give you three factors. I said Dolajai needs to have 10-plus points and 5-plus assists. Kadari needs to have 10 points off the bench along with, I'll say, three assists as well. And then Buddy needs to score at least 25 points for Syracuse 25. to win this game. See, 25. 20, 25 is a big ask. If you right. said 20, maybe, but 25 is a lot to ask, especially when probably Shackle's going to be on him like glue. Hey, honestly, asking Syracuse to win this game is a big ask. Like we said, this San Diego State team could be a, a two or a three seed. But I'm with you in the low scoring, and after some deliberation, I am going with Syracuse. <laughs> 66 to 61, down to the wire action, but I think the Orange get it done. Now, Ian, I want to toss it back your way. What does Syracuse need to do to win, or Syracuse wins because? Syracuse wins because San Diego State cannot make a three. It's just a cold day for them. And then on the offensive end, they drive and they kick. They force the defense to rotate out of help. That that is the only solution to beat this, uh, to beat the San Diego State defense that loves to pack it in. John, I will say though, I think this is the first time we've disagreed in a while, and yeah. I think we're both like we are both completely in the right here. This game could go either way. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be absolutely awesome to watch. Just the way Syracuse was playing going into the tournament, I'm pretty confident. You add the zone into that as well, but on the other side of it, San Diego State's very good defensively, and they've had a lot of time to get ready for this zone. So I think if Syracuse gets by this game, and Coach Beheim said this too, I think they're. Uh, it's kind of like if you get by the first one. The next couple are easy because the next teams you play are going to have super little time to prepare for the zone. Now it's likely going to be West Virginia. But let's get through San Diego State first. The Aztecs, 14 straight wins. That's the third longest active win streak in the country, fourth longest in school history. Like I said, though, only two and four in uh, Eastern Standard Time. The game is going to be in Indianapolis at Heinkel Fieldhouse. 
uh, where Butler, the Butler Bulldogs, play. And like I said before, Gil Gross and Matt Bonaparte will be there. They're going to have another FizzCast, a lot more content for you guys coming up this week. So keep it locked to Orange Fizz on Twitter, at Orange Fizz, and then orangefizz.net. Ian and I will be holding it down here back in Central New York with the articles and whatnot. But for Ian Unsworth, I've been John Eads. Enjoy the rest of the week, folks. Once again, remember to keep it locked here and have fun watching the game Friday night. As always, go Orange.